Parshas Bereshis, very first parish in the story, has an account of a murder, a famous account right away, first parish in the Torah, we have the first murder recorded in the Torah, the murder of Cain kills Hevel. However, according to Midrashim, according to various Midrashim, they're actually in the same narrative arc, beginning with the story of Cain, in, in the same Perikdal and Bereshis, there are actually two other homicides that are alluded to as well. We'll see. There are different there are different interpretations of the Psukim, but according to one major Midrashic account, there were no fewer than three homicides in that uh, in that in that Perik of the Torah, in the very first parish of the Torah. The these other two homicides are alluded to by the somewhat difficult to translate Pasuk when Lemech exclaims, Ki ish harakti lefitzi lechaburasi. I have killed, have I killed, I have killed a man, a child. We'll, we'll discuss. There are a number of different interpretations of, of this Pasuk. But just briefly to recap the story. So Adam and Chava have two sons, Cain and Havel. They offer karbanos, minachos, to Hashem. Hashem accepts Havel's, rejects Cain. Cain's, Cain is upset. Cain murders Havel. Hashem then appears to Cain and reprimands him for the murder, and Cain initially denies it, can't, can't fool Hashem. Hashem curses him. He says, Your brother's blood is crying out to me. You shall wander throughout the land. Cain said to Hashem, God that this is such a terrible punishment, uh, you really, can you really have no mercy for me? So Hashem said, That's also a difficult pasuk to translate. Anyone who kills Kayan, Rashi explains it means anyone who kills Kayan before the appointed time shall be punished. The Torah is not saying what the punishment will be. Rather, Shivasayim Yukam. Seven generations later, we'll discuss how that happened soon, seven generations later, Kayan will be avenged. But basically, one way or another, Hashem granted Kayan clemency that he, would not be, that, that, that he would not be punished right away. People would not kill him right away. He'd be granted uh, a stay of execution. He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be destroyed immediately. And then it says, Vayasim Hashem L'Kayin Os. Hashem gave Kayan an Os, a sign, somewhat mysterious, what kind of sign, there are various suggestions, Rashi, the Midrashim, what the sign was, we'll return to that later as well, Kain was afraid that anyone who encountered him would kill him, Shem gave him the oath so that nobody should kill him. Fine, so Kain then began a family, Kain had a son named Chanoch, and Chanoch had a son named Irod, Irod had a son named Mechuyael, Mechuyael had a son named Mesushael, Mesushael had a son named Lamech. Lamech, Lamech. That's the first part of the story. Second part of the story, it says that, story of Lamech, it says Lamech had two wives, first account of polygamy mentioned in the, in the Torah, that'll be relevant too to our discussion of the story. Lamech had two wives, Oda and Sila. Through his two wives, from his two wives, Lamech had three sons. He had Yovel, who was Avi Yoshev Oelumikna. He was involved in animal husbandry. His brother's name was Yuval. It's uh, rather similar names. 
rather similar names. I, 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 have, uh, I have a friend who has two boys named Nochum and Noam, and uh, they, they, they get confused sometimes a little bit. But okay, so he had two sons named Yovel and Yuval. Yuval was Avikal Tofi Skinar Vuugav. He was the, 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 the originator of musical instruments. Petzila Gamhi, Yaldas Tuvalkayan. Third son was Tuvalkayan. He was involved in metalworking. Lotesh, Kalcharesh, and Choshesh, Uvarzel. And they also had a sister, Vachos Tuvalkayan Nama. Now we have the story of Lemech's family. Lemech was Kayan's descendant, and Lemech had his family, two wives, three sons, and a daughter. Then the very next Pasuk, the very, very mysterious Pasuk we mentioned earlier, out of the blue, totally missing context there, Lemech tells his wives, Vayomer Lemech l'nashav, adavit zila shman koli, nishay Lemech hazena imrasi. Adan zila, listen to me. Nishay Lemech, wives of Lemech, listen to what I have to say. Ki isharagti lefitzi, I have, or have I, Killed a man, Lafitzi, to my wound, the Yeled Lechaburasi, and a boy to my to my injury, to my Chabura. Again, either a statement I have or a or a Bitmiya, have I? Have I done this? Of course I haven't done this. Ki Shivasayim Yukam Kayan. Earlier Hashem had said to Kayan, Shivasayim Yukam, if you him earlier, the Lemech Shivan Vashiva. Kayan is Shivasayim, and Lemech will be seventy-seven. What on earth does that mean? What prompted this outburst of Lemech? What was the point he was trying to make? What's the connection to Cain? What on earth is going on here? Final part of the final part of this narrative arc is right after the story of Lemech. It says Adam, Adam was with his wife, and he had a third son named Chase. And Chase, of course, is the one Noah comes from, and the one all all the modern citizens of the world come from because uh, everyone comes from Noah, and Noah comes from Chase. Chase was Zera Acher Tachas Hevel Kerago Cain. Shays had the son of Enosh, and so on. That is the third part of the story. That middle section of the story, Lemech's outburst to his wives, what is, what, what's the context, what is he talking about? There are many different shatim in the Midrashim and the Rishonim, at least five or six. Everyone also comes not only from there, from Shays, but everybody comes from Nama, right? Right. Uh, so... So actually, through that line as well. So, so how he's referring to a midrash again, not explicit in the psukim, but the midrash says, "Why is Nama mentioned? Women are not, not not commonly mentioned in these in these genealogical lists." So there is there is one midrash that says that Nama. One of the midrashim says that Nama was Noah's wife. That's why she singled out because she was she was a righteous woman. Uh, that, that Nama means pleasantness, and she was a uh, tzedekes, and she married Noah, and uh, so according to that midrash, yes, we, on, on the mother's side, we come from from Cain. There are other midrashim that she was not Noah's wife. Other midrashim, I think, say that she was the she was the Benosa Adam, who the Bnei El- who the, who the Bnei Elohim straight after in the end of the parsha, and she was actually not a righteous woman. She was uh, Nama means she made pleasant. Uh, service for Avodah means, but, okay, so, but there is at least one midrash that says she was Noach's wife, which would mean that we all come from Cain on the mother's side. Yes, correct. So what was Lamech talking about? What was this, uh, what was his outburst? What was the context? What exactly was going on here? So there are a number of pshatim, about a half dozen different pshatim I saw in the midrashim and the Rishonim. Bracious Rabbah. Bracious Rabbah says the context, which is omitted, is that Lemech's wives were shunning him. They, they didn't want to engage in conjugal intimacy with him. They said, not interested. Why not? A mabel's coming. There's going to be a mabel. It'll, it'll eradicate the... It will eradicate the entire... It'll eradicate the entire world. Other, 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 other variations of this... Other variations of this pshat 
are that uh, that that the reason that, that the reason they didn't want to have kids. Not, not, not necessarily because of the Mabel, but because they knew about the doom of Cain. Uh, they knew a doom had been pronounced on Cain, and in particular, Cain's family would be eradicated. But one way or another, the Bracious Rabbah's version is they knew about the Mabel. When, when Bukhar Shor brings this pshat, brings a, Bukhar Shor writes that, Bukhar Shor often explains, generally is one of the great in Farshia pshat, he explains Bader pshat. He says that, he also learns like this midrash. He says that they had they had uh, diviners and and soothsayers who could predict the future, astrologers, and the perhaps and he said and they knew there was a mabel coming, and the and, and they knew that there was no hope and therefore the, they said why bother having children? Why should we go through the the pain and suffering of raising of of, of, of carrying children, bearing children, raising children? It's all pointless. This is an attitude you find, you find today among young progressives. A lot of them are like, we're never going to have children. Who wants to bring a child into a world like this? The world is on fire. The world is coming to an end. They call this, I think, the, the, the anti-natalist movement, the movement that's against, uh, against having children, against babies. against. So, no, so Lemech's wives were, were anti-natalists. They, they did not believe in having children, especially for Cain's lineage. They said, the mobble's coming. There's no point. It's all futile. And why should we do this? Why? Why bother? What's the point? So that was the context omitted from the Psukim. Lemech remonstrated with them. He said, no, it's not going to happen, he says. He says, have I killed anyone? Have I killed someone? Have I that uh, that I should suffer wounds and punishments? The Yeled, have I killed the Yeled? That I should suffer Chaburas? That's how you read it. Have I killed someone? Lefitzi, that I deserve to be punished? The Yeled Lechaburasi, the Yeled, and have I killed a Yeled? Lechaburasi, that, that, that my, my just deserts are going to be punishment? Absolutely not. I'm innocent. I didn't kill anybody. And therefore, what? Cain. Cain is an actual murderer. And he got clemency for seven generations. Shiva Doros, that's Shiva Sayyam Yukam, according to the Midrash, according to Rashi. Anish Laharakti, I didn't kill anyone. So certainly, certainly, there's not going to be. Certainly, I'm not going to suffer. I, I, it can't be that Hashem is going to wipe out my, my lineage, my, my descendants. Even Cain got, got, a, got a stay of seven years. I'm, 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 I'm innocent. I'm, I certainly, certainly, Hashem won't bring the mabel. The, the, the Midrash points out, Rashi brings this, it's Kavachamr Shal Chosha, Kavachamr Shal Shtus. This is, this is uh, obviously absurd because how will Akash Baruch ever do it then? How will he ever punish Cain? How will he ever, uh, if, if every descendant of Cain can say, I want at least seven more years because I'm innocent. So then how will Hashem ever punish Kai? Every, every, every descendant will say, I deserve even more than seven generations. So, that's seven, seven, seven generations, yes, I'm sorry, not seven years. So it's never going to happen. It ad infinitum. So it's a kalvachamr shal shtus, kalvachamr shal choshech. Okay. That is the, that is the, the first shot. The Midrash goes on, by the way, the, the Brejish Rabbah, Tanchuma also, have a different variation, but the, the, Midr- the Midrashim go on, they say, we mentioned there are three segments to the story. The first segment is the Cain and Hevel story. The second segment is Lemech and his wives. And the third one is Adam, Adam going back to his wife and having Shays. So the Midrash explains the connection between the latter two segments of the story. It says, they said, uh, Lemech's wives wouldn't agree with him, despite he made, he made this argument in his, in his favor. They, they weren't buying it, apparently. They, they said, no, you know, no, we're still not agreeing to have children. They said, let's go to Adam, Adam well, the, the great Adam Arishan. Let's go to him for, uh, in, in the Tanhuma, it calls it Bastin. They, they said, let's go to Bastin. Adam was their ancestor, but I guess they trusted him to be an impartial uh, arbiter in this argument they had. So let's go to Adam. 
So they Adam agreed with Adam agreed with Lamech. Adam says, "You do what's your responsibility. Have families." This an idea we find in Chazal. Chizki was punished for saying he didn't want to have children because he saw there would be a Russia in Mitzrayim. It says that Amram that, that Amram thought they shouldn't have children because Para was killing them. And the women who were apparently right, Mir- 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 Miriam said, not Mir- the women, Miriam, his daughter said, you're worse than Paro, and he agreed that she was right. So th- this is the attitude of the Torah often. That's not your business, what's going to happen in the future. Adam said, that should not be your concern. You do what you have to do, what Hashem wants you to do, have families, and let Hashem do what, what He's going to do. The way the... The way the the way the Tanchuma puts it is that is that the that uh, it sounds like from Tanchuma it, 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 the, the double lashon uh, that Lemach said Adavakola Shman Koli Neshei Lemach Hazena Emrasi. So what's 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 the double lashon and why are they referred to as Neshei Lemach in the third person? The Tanchuma seems to understand that it may I, I'm not sure about this, but it seems to be suggesting that Lemach said Adavatzilo Shman Koli. And then Adma Rishon, who was the Dayan, said, Neshei Lemech, he addressed the wives of Lemech, he said, Hazein Rasi, let me tell you, listen to what I have to tell you. Then Lemech said, Ki Yisharakti Lofitzi, V'yel Lechaburasi, Lemech said, well, we'll see what Lemech said according to the Tanchuma. And Adam, Adam sided with, uh, Adam sided with the Neshei Lemech. Adam sided with Lemech. Adam said, Lemech is right, You're, you should go back to him and, and live as a family, live as husbands and wives. So, as many litigants who lose a uh, court proceeding, lose it in Torah do, they promptly uh, took it out of the dying and accused him of hypocrisy. They told Adam, in both the Bereshit Rabbah and Tanchuma, they told Adam, Asya uh, Physician, heal thyself. They said, uh, who are you to tell us by not having a family? You had children 100 to 130 years ago. The, the, according to the Tanchuma, you had Cain and Hevel. Things went, uh, things went badly awry. Cain and Hevel, you had no more children for 130 years. According to the Midrash, he was Parish from Chava, I think. So who are you to tell us about going back and having families? You gave up when something went wrong 130 years ago. You're lecturing us about going, about going back to our husband. 130 years. So Adam had the, Adam had the grace and the... The, the honesty to agree. He said, you're right. And he went back, and he went back to Chava. And that's, and that's why the third part of the narrative is that Chase was born. Okay. So this is the first pshat of the, of the, of the Adavatzilo Shman Koli, the pshat of the gracious Rabbah, that, that they were arguing there's no point in having children because, because Mabel Bala Olam, Kayin's doom is coming to the world. Lemech said, it'll never happen because Hashem gave Kayin a stay of execution, so certainly he'll give me a stay of execution. Doesn't make any sense. But even though it was Shtus, nevertheless, the, when, when they went to Adam, Adam still sided with, uh, with Lamech because it's not your business. Let Hashem do what uh, Hashem will do to the world what he wants. Your job is to do what he wants you to do. That is the Pshat of the Midrash Rabbah. There are a number of other Pshatim in the, in the Rishonim. The, the, the Pshat of the Sanchuma is, is we'll get to soon, but there are a number of other Pshatim in the Rishonim. The Ramban. The Ramban discusses the, the first chat of the, of the Bracious Rabbah and, and other, other Mepharshim as well. He says that the, that, that the, the Mepharshim, Rashi, perhaps Ibn Ezra, various Mepharshim learn like this Midrash Rabbah, that they didn't want to have children because they were worried about the destruction. Again, the Midrash said because of the, because of the Mabul, or the, the, the Ramban says because they knew that 
seven generations of a Kayan. Lemech was the sixth generation. It, it was it was Lemech. It was Le, it, it was uh, Kayan had Chanoch, Irod, Mechiael, Mesushael, and Chanoch, Irod, Mechiael, Mesushael, and um, and uh, Lamech, and so so Kayan, Chanoch is two. Erod is three, Mechuyael is four, Mesushael is five, Lemech is six, Lemech's children were, were seven. So they were worried that we're getting to the seventh generation, so there's no point in having children. And, the, and, and, and that was their objection, and, and Lemech was saying, it's not going to happen, it's, uh, Hashem, will, Hashem will hold off on the Shivan B'Shiva. Al Davin, the Ramban says, Kispal Lefanov, Yizerach Apayim, or the Kalachar Mishal Shtus, he says. So Lemech argued either we'll, we'll avert the Gzera by Tefillah, or that the Kalachomer won't happen, which is the Kalachomer Shoshtus. Fine. That, that, the Ramban says that's what Unklus is chat as well. That the. That. Um, that he brings that. He brings that Unklus says. He brings that Unklus says that the. Kol Horekayan Shivasayim Yukam, that the. The Pasuk we explained earlier that it means in seven generations. Kayan was going to be punished, and, and that was Lemech's argument, and, 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 and that, was, that was their argument, his wife's argument, and Lemech said it's not going to happen. The Ramban disagrees with the, with the term Shivasayim. He, he said it's not what Shivasayim means. Not going to get into that. But then the Ramban says, that's Imshan of the Pasuk. The Ramban concedes, Inyan Lemech Imnashav lo iskiru akasiv abir. The Torah does not clearly say what the issue with Lemech was. It could be, he says, they would just worry he'd be punished for Lamech, for, for Kayan. Kayan was a murderer. Even though Hashem said, I'm not going to kill you right away, could be they were punished. They could be they were worried again about the, about the, the punishment of Kayan would extend, would, extend to his, would extend to his children. And he said, no, Hashem will have Rahmanas on me like he had Rahmanas on Kayan. But then the Ramban says, a new pshat, a whole, a whole different pshat. This is a fascinating pshat. He says, who was Lamech? Lamech was apparently a, a chacham ma'od b'chol malachis machshabas. Lemech was an engineer. Lemech was a practical, a practical man, a man of science and engineering. Lemech figured all kinds of stuff out. His three sons were the pioneers in three major fields of human endeavor. His oldest son was, we said before, animal husbandry. His second son was music. His third son, he says, was Lotesh Choresh Nechoshes Ubarzel. He was a metal worker. Rashi already says, what does it mean he was a, what does it mean he was Lotesh Choresh Nechoshes Ubarzel? He worked metal. Rashi says, Rashi says, why was he called, the, the, the name Tuvalkayan, he was a metal worker and he's called Tuvalkayan, a, a callback, a reference to his ancestor. Why, what was the connection between him and Kayan? Rashi says, his name means Tibel the Hiskinu Manusha Kayan. He spiced up, he enhanced the profession of Kayan. What's Kayan's profession? A murderer. Kayan was a murderer. He, what do you do with metal? You murder people. That's why it says uh, that, that when you build them as bachel, son of Alein Barzel, kichar b'chayin after Alein b'chal Alein. Barzel is cherev. Barzel is weapons, swords, guns, bombs, airplanes. So the Barzel is Barzel is a, is a symbol of weaponry. So Tuval Kayan made weapons, made made made, made uh, metallurgical techniques, which you used to make weapons. Rashi already said, Lasses Klizayin Lerotzchim. So the Ramban says they were actually his son. That even though that was his son, but they understand that that chachma came. The, the Ramban understands the chachma came from from Tuval, from Lemech himself. It was all his chachma that he taught his children, and therefore they were very upset at him. They said, "You're going to be punished for do, for being such a terrible person, for for being a weaponsmith, for being an arms merchant. You're bringing cherev and rutzicha ba'olam, and you're tofis ma'ashiav osav. You're you're engaged in the same evil trade as your ancestor Kayan." 
He, he's a murderer, you're a murderer. You're a murderer. What was Lemech's defense? So he's also agreeing to the Midrash Rabbah that, that the context here is that Lemech's wives were, were upset with him, didn't, were trying to shun him, not because of the Mabel or the Doom or anything, but because they believed that Lemech was a terrible person. He was an arms merchant. He was a gun dealer. It was his son, but, but the Ramad understands that all the Chachmas of his sons came from him. He knew all the Chachmas, and he taught different Chachmas. It's a leap, yes, and the Pesukim don't say that, but he the Torah seems to be giving credit to, to his sons, not to him, but the Ramban, for the purpose of the sake of this chat, is assuming the Chachma came from Lemech, and they were blaming not their son, they were blaming their husband. I guess it's common for women, they would rather blame their husband than blame their son for something, maybe, but um, so Lemech's defense was the same defense that uh, that uh, pro-gun people have today. Lemech said, I'm innocent. I'm not like Kayan. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't kill any man. I didn't kill any child. I, I'm innocent, he says. You can kill without weapons. You can kill people without my weapons. Did I kill a yellow? You can kill people with your bare hands, with, with, uh, with wounds, and much more brutally and much more cruelly than with guns. The Ein Acherav Garim Haratzicha, swords do not cause murder, guns don't kill people, people do, swords don't kill people, swords are not Garim Haratzicha, the Ein Alaosochet, I will not be punished, I'm not a murderer, I just, I just sell weapons of murder, I don't murder people, the same defense that the, the gun people have today, that was Lemech's defense, again, it sounds like Adam uh, according to the Midrash, he's not going with the Midrash, but... I, I, I don't know if the Ramban is agreeing with Lemech, but that, that, that was Lemech's argument, that the, I'm not a murderer, I just make the guns, what people do with them is not my responsibility, and therefore, I'm innocent. We have another couple of pshatim in this, in this, uh, in, we have another couple of pshatim in this story. The, the, the following two pshatim, very interesting pshatim of the Rishonim, both latch on to the fact that, uh, of Lemech's polygamy. Lemech's polygamy is significant, first time polygamy is mentioned in the Torah, so they both, the Surab so Yosef Kara, brought by the Bukharashar, as well as the Radak, both of them explain that the, the root of the quarrel here was based in polygamy. They explain it somewhat differently. Yosef Kara has a somewhat uh, amusing chat. He says, Lemach had two wives. What do, what, is, what, what do two wives of the same man do? They quarrel incessantly, they're jealous of each other. Sefer Shmuel, we read it in Rosh Hashanah, Bechiasatra Tzerosagam Kas, Elkanah's two wives, Chanah and Penina, and Penina would provoke her terribly. And Vahiyosus Kole Kolos, there would be so much quarreling and, uh, and uh, noise in his house. Lemach said, Shman Kole, Azenem Rasi, what did I do to deserve this? Did I kill somebody that I have to suffer through the two of you all the time? Ki, that there's no quiet, ain't Sheket Bebesi, Lo Bachilov, Lo Bashtiyav, Lo Bashchivav, Lo Bakima. Did I kill someone? Did, did, did I deserve to be punished like this? No one suffers like this that I do. No one, I mean, it's your fault. You're the one who married two wives. But Lamech says, what did I do to deserve this? I, to, to deserve this, this hell on earth of, of you two uh, quarreling endlessly in my house. I'm going to die. You're, you're going to be the end of me, he said. Hineni Mace Biedchen. I can't tolerate this. HaKash Baruch will avenge me, he says. That, uh, and that's what he, that was the reference to Kayin. Kishmasayim, you come Kayin, you're going to cause my death with your endless quarreling, and Hashem will avenge me, because, uh, because Kayin, Kayin Shechata, was going to be, was, Hashem was going to punish him eventually. And certainly me, I'm innocent, I didn't kill anybody, and, and you killed me, so certainly Hashem will punish you for sending me to my grave. That's the pshat of Rabbi Yosef Kara. The Radak also has a pshat based on polygamy, that rooted in the, that the quarreling here had to do with polygamy. 
Radak also says that the, the problem here was that they were quarreling at, uh, at length, but his shot is somewhat darker than Bechar Shar, than, than Yosef Kara. Instead of saying that Lemech was saying, you're going to be the death of me, Lemech was saying just the opposite. I'm going to be the death of you, he said. If you don't shut up, he said, I am going to kill you, he said. I, I, can't, I can't deal with you anymore. If you don't stop this, he says, they, they were jealous, they were fighting. He also brings the reference to Shmuel, the Tsarasa. Lemech said, I can't tolerate this, and if you keep fighting, I'm going to kill you, he said. And what was the reference to Kayan? He was saying, I'm not worried about being punished. I'm, I'm not scared of the consequences of killing you. You deserve it, he says, because even if I would kill somebody outright, murder an ish or a yeled, ki ish even if I would kill a person, I see Hashem is Erech he has lots of Rachmanes on Kayan. And my killing is, is justified. You deserve it, he says. So certainly I'm not worried about being punished. Justifiable homicide. You, you, you two deserve whatever you get. If you don't stop this and driving me crazy, he said, I am going to kill you. I'm even better than Kayan because I, I have more, I'm not a murderer. And, uh, and uh, my murder has more cause. It's justifiable homicide. That's what Radak says. That, the, that was the point that Lamech was making. He was saying, not that you're going to kill me, and Hashem will avenge my death. I am going to kill you, and Hashem will not avenge your death, because you deserve it. And uh, even real murderers get substantial clemency. And certainly me, certainly Hashem will have Rahmanas on me. The final pshat that I want to discuss tonight, and this, is, this will take us for the rest of our share, the, the, the final pshat is, we mentioned earlier, two, two additional homicides in this parasha besides the murder of Cain and Hevel. That is another famous pshat of the Midrash. It appears in Tanhuma that it says that how did Cain eventually die? Shivasayim Yukam, Cain will be avenged seven generations, like Unculus says. How was Cain, how was Cain finally killed? So... So it says that Kayan was Novanod, he wandered around, and he, and he says that Lemech was, Lemech was Ben Beno, Hayashvi Lazarus, Lemech was six actually, his son was the seventh one. So Lemech and his sons were the seventh generation. Lemech was blind. Lemech was a hunter, even though he was blind. He apparently was good at hunting, except that he couldn't see, so he had a team with his son. His son would lead him around, and when his son saw an animal, he would direct his father to the animal, his son, his son that, that he would, uh, that, that he would, he would direct his son to the animals, and his son, Tuvalkayan, uh, Tuval, the son Tuvalkayan, the Midrash says, would direct his father. Then, one ill-fated day, they encountered Kayan in the, out, out there where they were hunting, they encountered Kayan. So, Tuvalkayan told Lemach, I see an animal. Shoot! Lemech took the took the bow and shot, killed Cain. Then uh, the child recognized Cain. He said, "Lemech, it's a person." And uh, and the the the, the, the says that Cain had a horn on his head. The Cain had a horn on his head. The, the horn, the Midrashim say, the, some of the Midrashim say, the horn was the os. The, the horn was the os. It says, Vayasim, <coughs> Vayasim, that the, 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 the Radak brings the Midrash and Bereshis Rabbah, that the, the os that Hashem gave Cain was the horn. And, and that's what the Tanchuma says, that Cain was horned. The, 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 the Tanchuma and the Midrash that I saw don't, don't make the next step, but the Radak says that's why he thought he was an animal. They saw a, a, a figure with a horn on his head. People don't have horns, animals have horns. That's why he thought it was, uh, it, that's why he thought it was Kayan. Tanchuma, the, the Gersa Iso, doesn't make that point. It just says he had a horn, but that's uh, the obvious next step. 
it's, uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a great irony, I suppose, that it was the same horn that Hashem gave him as the os, that Vayasim Hashem os, Lakayin, Lebulti, HaKoso, So-Kal Motso, the horn was what kept him safe. The horn was the os that stopped people from killing him before the right time. When it was time for him to die, Shivasayim Yukamkayin, it was the horn itself, the way the Red Doc explains, that actually caused his death. But in any event, when Lamech saw that the person he had just shot was, was horned and was Kayin, so it was a terrible thing. Lemach said, Vaili, Ziknihu, it's my, it's my grandfather, my ancestor. He, uh, he smacked his hands together and he hit his son in the head and he killed him, Bishogik. That's what he meant. Two more homicides. That's what he meant, the Midrash says. Tanchuma says, when he said, Ki isharakti lafitzi lachaburasi, he didn't mean, but to me, have I killed a man? I haven't. No, I did kill a man. Ki isharakti. I killed someone. I killed Kayan. The Yelad. I killed the Yelad as well. I killed... Uh, I killed a yellow, I killed a yellow too. And when his wives encountered him, he was blind. It sounds like he had trouble, uh, tr- trouble getting, out of, getting out there by himself. His wives found him. They saw the terrible scene. He was there, blind and lost, and Cain was dead, and Tuval Cain was dead. They said, uh, they said, we want nothing more to do with you. You killed Cain. You killed Tuval Cain. We're not having anything more to do with you. Conjugally. He said, uh, but I'm going to get mercy also. They went to admiration and so on, behind the story as before. Rashi brings this pshat as well. Rashi brings both pshat to the, the previous pshat of Rashi's rabbi and this pshat. Rashi says that the... Rashi says that also that he killed, he killed, killed, his, killed his son, Tuval Kayan, after he killed his grandfather, Kayan. The Radak, when he, the Radak, when he brings this pshat, the Radak says... The Radak says, He took the child and he smacked him into the ground. He just cast the child in the ground. He was so frustrated and angry. Anyway, somehow he, he doesn't, doesn't sound like he was amazed. He didn't want to kill his son, but, but he, he accidentally killed his son as well. So, and Rashi explains, according to this chat, that when, that, that when, when Lemach said, Ki he said, yes, Isharakti, he was saying, but the, yes, Isharakti, but... But, but what he was saying was, is it Lefitzi? Was it Mazid? I didn't do it, but Mazid, that it should be called my Petza, my, my major offense. I did it, but it was an accident. Is it called my Chabura? I did it, yes, but is it my moral responsibility? I was a Shogig, I was not a Mazid. That's what he was saying. But Lefitzi. The yellow lachaburasi, but, but the yellow I killed is it's not lachaburasi. Is it lachaburasi? It's not lachaburasi. They said you're, you you just killed two people. He said I did, but it's not my fault. It was an accident. And again, Tadkuma says that Admarishon sided with Lemach. So according to this chat, we actually in this Paragdalid, right at the beginning of Sefer Bereshis, we have not one but three incidents of homicide. Kayan murdered Hevel. Lemach accidentally killed Kayan. And then Lemach accidentally killed his own son. The, the former is murder. The latter two are Ritzicha B'Shogeg. As Rashi puts it, as the language we use today, we call this involuntary, we call this manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. Not done deliberately, but involuntary manslaughter. We've discussed previously, the Torah has uh, extensive discussion of Ritzicha B'Shogeg. He goes to Golas, to the Ermikla, cities of refuge, Admos Kohen Gadol, until the death of the Kohen Gadol. We don't practice the, the law. We don't have Ermiklop as Manazeh. Actually, as we discussed, there is a lively debate in the postkim as to whether we have Gaul Adam as Manazeh. Some postkim say the laws of Gaul Adam do apply as Manazeh, but Ermiklop does not apply as Manazeh. There are, however, 
there is an idea of Gullus which does appear in the poskim. And this goes back to the Rakach. Let's say for Rakach, the I always point out we live in a kindler, kindler, gen, kindler, gentler era than the than than historically. Today, when we focus on tshuva, we focus on Rebbeliezer of Worms, Rebbeliezer of Kach. Today, when we focus on tshuva, we focus on inwardness. We focus on the the classic, the Rambam's components of tshuva, charata, feeling internal feelings of remorse, regret, azivazachet, stopping to do it, vidui, confession between you and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, not in public generally. Kabbalah al-Asid, the determination not to do the sin again. We focus on tshuva as belave, as, as an inward process. However, for many hundreds of years, from the time of the Rishonim, from the time of, of the Rakeach, the, 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 what we call the Hasidic Ashkenaz, the Pietist of Ashkenaz, until relatively recently, a century or two ago, they had very rigorous forms of, of, of physical tshuva. They, they had penances, they had self-mortification of various sorts that they would, that they would, that they would prescribe people who did Averis. It wasn't just feel bad about it and do better. It was fasting and all kinds of uh, all kinds of uh, fairly strict, fairly strict forms of tshuva, tshuva samishkal, that they would prescribe for people who did averus. Usually serious averus. They weren't usually saying things like, you know, I, I, I came five minutes late into my seder. They were talking about you know, murder, chol shabbos, sexual transgressions, and so on. But they had very, very serious uh, penances. Rutzich, in particular, there are numerous tshuvas in the poskim, dozens and dozens of tshuvas, dozens of tshuvas that deal with, again, Jews were not usually, or the ones who were asking Shilas at least, weren't usually uh, cold-blooded murderers, but the tshuvas are about manslaughter. The, 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 there are many tshuvas in the Achronim about manslaughter, what kind of tshuva do you need for manslaughter? And again, the discussion begins with the Rokach. And what the Rokach writes is as follows. Now the Rokach, we're going to see soon, the Rokach was discussing murder, not, not manslaughter, not, not involuntary manslaughter, but the Rokach wrote about murder, he wrote as follows. Rotzeach, hiko ishes reyehu, v'rtzacho nefesh, whoever the victim is, man, woman, child, what's the penalty? Three years in exile. The Akronim explained it. It's not here, Miklot. We don't have a Miklot as Manazad, but it's like Kayan. What was the punishment for Kayan? Novanod Tiabaretz. Kayan had to live a peripatetic existence. Novanod. That's what the Rokach means as well. It doesn't cite the Pasuk here, but he says he has to go in Golos for three years. The Lakhebachalir, he has to be flagellated in every city. He has to announce Rotzechani, no meat, no wine, no cutting his hair. Sounds a little bit like a nazir. Um, that, that, that he shouldn't uh, he shouldn't cut his beard or his hair. Shouldn't wash his clothing. Shouldn't wash his body. His beard he can wash once a month. An odd uh, an odd prescription, but no bathing, no cutting hair except for your beard once a month. Tie his hands up with a chain and around his neck. Walk barefoot. Weep on the for the murder. Fast every day until he finishes gullus, and then another and until until the every day until the end of the gullus, which was three years, and then another year of fasting sheni v'chamishi. And even though he already fasted three years, and and so on and so on, he should lie down, prostrate himself in front of the shul. People should pass by him like that, humiliate him. Shouldn't step on him, he says, but they should pass by him lying on the floor. And he should honor his wife and honor everyone. He'd probably do that anyway, even if he's not a murderer. But uh, and get, and say vidui every day. This was the rokeach tshuva for for murder, and this kicks off the discussion. Or as we said, there are dozens of tshuvas in the Akronim dealing with uh, people who confessed they they had committed manslaughter, 
and they wanted to know what, what to do for tshuva. Now, um, Lemech's uh, first, first act of manslaughter was with a weapon, with a bow. He, he, had, uh, he, uh, he killed Cain by mistaking him for an animal and firing at him. And of course, today, uh, uh, ac- accidental homicides by firearm are... Uh, you say it wasn't really him. You say he was relying on his son. So that's an interesting point. So, 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 so Dr. Makovos is pointing out, arguably, he wasn't even a shogig. He was completely, he was relying on somebody else. There's a discussion about that in contemporary postkim. In the in the sugya of uh, of malpractice, professional malpractice, medical malpractice, so there's a, so there, there's a sif and shulchan aruch based on Tosefta's about the, the responsibility of a professional a doctor, let's say, who causes harm by making an error. So Rav Zalman Chemi Goldberg, I think it is, has a discussion, an article on this, where he discusses what happens if it's not the let's say, let's say a surgeon kills somebody on the operating table, or a nurse you know, administers something, kills somebody by by treatment. Let's say they were just following the instructions from the doctor. Let's say the operating doctor was relying on the senior doctor who told him, do the surgery this way, and the patient died. Or the nurse administers whatever the prescribing doctor prescribed, and the patient dies. So if Zalman discusses whether they have any liability at all, or they can just say, we were simply, uh, or, they, or they, they can just say, we were simply doing what we were told to do. So he brings a... He brings the Chazal talk about when the Shliach based and strikes somebody, gives him Malchus and kills him, a mistake was made. So the, so the discussion whether who's Chayim, the Basin or the Shliach or both. So it says, I think, that if the that if the if the base if the Basin said the wrong thing, I think the Shliach is still Chayim. But the, but it says because he should have he should have caught the mistake. The Basin adds an extra Malchus in beyond what he was assessed to be able to tolerate. The Shliach should have caught it. So. I think something like that. So Zalman Nechemia says, okay, so in some cases we could say if, if the person operating knows enough to be able to second guess and say this is wrong, we shouldn't do this, maybe he has an element of, of uh, fault as well. But if he's not, you know, if, he, if he's not trained, it's not, it's not his skill, he has to rely on the other person, what do you want him to do? I mean, he says, it's not, how is he at fault? What's he supposed to do? He's not trained to have with expertise to make the decision himself. He has to rely on the people who gave him his instructions and then he's not high of at all. So you're making a similar point over here. If Lemach is blind, how is he supposed to second guess the people who can see? If they tell him, shoot, how is it his fault at all? It's a good point. Yeah, I hear that. So you know, Lemach's, uh, Lemach's first homicide, though, was with the weapon. Today, we still use bows mostly for recreation. But uh, today, of course, firearms have replaced bows as being the ranged weapon of choice, both for hunting and for, uh, and for, and for anti-personnel efforts. The statistics have remained apparently pretty constant for years. There are, let's say, on the, there's on the order of about 40,000 homicide deaths in the U.S. per year. Of those, a little above 50, 50-something are suicides. A little, a little below, a little below uh, 50 are murders. 40, uh, uh, a little below 50% uh, are murders. About 500 or so are accidents. And, uh, and the, the, the last bunch are law enforcement, cause unknown, and so on. So most of suicides, murder is in second place. Accidents, a few hundred a year and in the United States, accident. There's a famous paper by uh, the Freakonomics economist Stephen Levitt, who argues that depending on how you slice and dice the numbers, 
swimming pools are actually much more, much more dangerous than guns. On a, per, on a per swimming pool basis, more children die than on a per gun basis. It depends how you, how you slice the numbers, what age group, and there are 200 million guns in the U.S. There aren't so many swimming pools. If you're counting per, per gun, yes. But, uh, but obviously the numbers, you can play games with these numbers. But one way or another, gun, gun homicides, gun, gun accidental homicides are several hundred a year. And this is a lot of question. There, there are two famous chuvas, two major chuvas on this question, dealing with different, different variations of, of accidental homicide by firearm, whether the person needs chuva or not. One is, in the, one is in the Ramah, going back all the way to the 16th century. One is a couple of centuries later in the, in the Panama Iris. Both of them discuss cases of people who... Uh, People who people people who killed someone by 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 an accident involving a firearm. The devil, of course, is in the details. Exactly what what the accident was. Was there any fault involved? The Panameras or Mayor Eisenstadt was the was late seventeenth. sixteenth century. Panameras was late seventeenth, early uh, early eighteenth century. So they both deal with cases of homicide, and they both discuss whether they need tikune chuva. So the Rama was dealing with the following case. There was a fellow traveling by wagon with a young attendant, a young Mesharis, who apparently he had a, he had a close personal relationship with, a Hevo Ashar Kanafsho. There was no, no suspicion of foul play or anything. The, the boss, the, the older fellow, had a, had a weapon, had a, had a firearm. Uh, the roads were dangerous, I guess. He was carrying a weapon. The, the, he says, the Ramah calls it a, uh, he had Kli Mashchis Hanikra Bix. Books, books is the German word, the European word for rifle. So the, the boss was, was, was carrying a loaded rifle. He wanted to clean the rifle, to discharge it and to clean it. And to, so he tried to fire it up into the sky. Something went wrong, it's not clear what. Somehow the, the gun twisted or something, something happened, it's not clear exactly what. And he wound up striking his mishares and killing him. When he realized what he had done, he felt terrible. He went to the Chacham. He asked for tshuva. What can I do? And again, he meant, you know, he knew tshuva is uh, rigorous penances. Tshuva is not just harata. Back then, tshuva meant you go to the Rav, the Chacham, and ask for penance. So the Ramah has a discussion of whether he really needs tshuva at all. The Ramah says, look, this is not the Rokach. The Rokach, the Rokach did have uh, serious prescriptions for, for tshuva. However, he was talking about murderers, people who are, who are, who are guilty, who are, who are sinful. They want to do tshuva. He's not talking about a shogeg or even an onus. This guy, the rubbing his riots from Gemaras, this guy he should be treated more as an onus. He brings a Gemara that says that if, you, uh, that, that if you aim, if you're throwing a stone, you aim in one direction, the stone somehow flies in a different direction. He says, he says, you're not high of Golis. If you kill somebody, you try to throw a stone north, the stone somehow flies east and strikes somebody and kills him. You don't go to Golis. You don't do that because you're not even a shogik. You're less than a shogik. Smag says, you're car of laonis. It's not your fault. It was a freak thing. Not your fault at all. So therefore, there are, therefore, the Ramah says, even Nitzke Adam, even when it comes to civil damages, we say Adam Uod Laolam, even Ones, but there's a certain level of Ones that this level of Ones is. is an extreme onus, you're not tired for at all. Therefore, the Ramaz says, really, this guy, he was aiming the gun heavenward, somehow something went, some, some freak thing happened, and the gun twisted and, and, and struck the servant. Really, I think, he says, he wouldn't need tshuva at all. Mesharso, that, 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 that he's really, he would, karav la'onus, 
I don't think he's even a show gig, and I don't think there's any need for real tshuva at all. However, he says a person should feel bad and should do tshuva with Vidui. You don't need the full tshuva of the murder. You should feel guilty and then do some kind of tshuva. Therefore, the Ramah says, even though I don't really feel that we have to apply the full chomer of the tshuva of the rakach, I agree with the chacham, the local chacham, who prescribed the following tshuva. This is the Ramah's idea of moderation, of leniency. What should he do? He says, golos for a year. Not three years, like in the rakach, but golos for one year. Not, not spending two nights in one place. It's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty tough. Um, if he does that, it'll be considered tshuva shleima, that Afilu Tzidikim Gemurim can't stand with him anymore. He'll have a complete kapara. He repeatedly reassures him that with a sincere tshuva, he shouldn't worry anymore. And furthermore, he adds, he should fast from today until after Yom Kippur. I don't know how long it was till after Yom Kippur, whether it was in Elul or in Cheshvan. Uh, but uh, except for the days he don't say Tachnun, Vidui every day, evening and morning, specify the chait for a complete year. And then the yard site of the, of the day of the accident, you should establish as a, in, in perpetuity as a day of weeping and fasting <coughs> and reciting vidui and tachanunim, like the day a person's father dies. As we always point out, it used to be, time of the Talmud, earlier generations, the day a person's father died was a day of uh, Avelus and of Tainus. Today, the influence of the Hasidim, Today we make it into a day of serving tikkun and food and, and having... Uh, I, I heard Bert down on Mashir that it was, yeah, it was a misconstruing of the fact that people had to fast, so they made a seum, uh-huh. and they served food, uh-huh. and, that, and they were able to eat, uh-huh. so they made the seum, and now we've got to the point where we've dropped... Fast. And the see him. And we still have the we have we still have the food. The liquor and the cookies, yes. Um, another so how are we saying that he heard it came originally they made a seum like on Tanis Bukharis where they make a seum to eat and then now we forgot the fasting, we just do the eating and the forgot the seum and the fasting. Another explanation I heard was that... Uh, I, mean, you, I mean there are people who fast. Yeah, my father said I think he grew up the understanding was you fasted. Uh, one of the Akronim says that, that he blames this on Lagba Omer. He says the Mukubalan have the strange custom that uh, they party on Lagba Omer which is, according to some traditions, the yard set of Hashem ben Yochai. From there, he says, people got the idea that on, on the days of Tzaddikim, he's supposed to uh, have a party and not fast. It's totally wrong, he says, absolutely not. Like Bomer is different, he gives an explanation for why. It's a special case. But in general, he says, it's not right. Anyway, but in the time of the Ramah, old-fashioned, old-time religion, Yom Shemais Bo'aviv was a day of fasting and, uh, and, and mourning and so on. And that's how we should establish the day of the yard site of his victim. He should, the day of Bechia and Tainus and Tachnunim. And fine, this is enough, he says. More than this, you don't have to be machmer. A year of gullus and fasting and all these things. More than this, he says, we want to be lenient on balei tshuvas. They lived in a tougher, they were tougher than we were back then. Fine. And Roma also warns, after he's done his tshuva, nobody should remind him of this, nobody should rub it in. We should accept that he has uh, completely wiped the slate clean. And, uh, and Hashem accepts his tshuva. Panameiris' case, a century or two later, was three or four men, good friends, were sitting around, playing. One of them had a gun, Bix, rifle again. And they were playing with the gun. You can imagine what happens when you play with guns. So one of them saw there was no, there was no powder, there was no, there was no charge in it. There was no pulver, books and pulver, gunpowder. There was no powder in the gun. Where the, where, it's, where the action struck and, and fires the bullet. So he's playing with the hammer and making sparks. He was just working the action of the gun without, without powder, without, without it being loaded, just to, 
they saw Aish was shooting out. I'm assuming it means sparks of some sort. They did it. They thought it was cool, apparently. So one of the guys decided, I'll try that too. He picked up the gun. Let me do that also. Unloaded gun. Let me go play with the action and, and see if I can make some fire, some sparks. Let's see if I know how to do it. Unfortunately, Maisa Sutton and Sliach, there was some charge left in the gun, apparently. Somehow, what there were, what he calls, Yatsu Ha'igulim Ketanim Shalaferes, little pellets of lead, Shakurin Shrat, Shrat Kuglin, or Shot Pellets. So there, there were some pellets left in the... What? Shrapnel, yeah, I think the word shrat, I think in, in, in German, I looked it up, the word shrapnel is, uh, yeah, same, same, similar word to shrapnel, I guess. The shotgun pellets came out, and apparently the gun was, did, did still have some, uh, some charge in it, and they, 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 they flew out, and they struck somebody, and, and, and mortally wounded him. They provided medical treatment, he survived for a couple of days, then he died, and now the, the culprit wants to be macabre tshuva. He did a terrible thing, he wanted to know, how can I, how can I be macabre tshuva? So again, Panamiris goes through some of the halachas of Gullus, of, uh, similar to the Ramah. He argues that in his case, for various reasons, there wouldn't even be a chi of Gullus. And uh, therefore, the fellow does not really need the tikkunet tshuva of the Rakech. Even though he says the Rakech did, did say about a Rakech that he has to be gola, Velios Novenod, that's our language of Kayan, Novenod. And he shouldn't spend even two nights in one place. That's Mezid Gomer, like Kayan. He says, Kayan, Novenod Tiabaretz, who is the murderer of Mezid. Shogig. Even if you have Golas of Hermikla, that doesn't mean the Golas of the Rakach. The Rakach doesn't really apply. And he brings the Ramah, that if you're not amazed, we don't really have the, we don't have all the Chumras of the Rakach. Similar to the Ramah. Even though he says the Ramah did conclude, he agreed to the Chacham, Golas for a year, and so on, he says, not in my case, he says. In that case, the Ramah, the Chacham, the Ramah felt he was somewhat at fault. That uh, handling a firearm, if you're not strong enough, if you're not skilled enough, it can twist, it can buck, apparently. And there is an element of fault that, that maybe you should have been more careful, had more, don't handle a gun if you're not trained, don't, if the gun is loaded, uh, be careful. And if, and if, and if it slips, uh, that's your fault. You, you need to be more responsible. But here he said they were just playing with the gun, they, they believed it was unloaded, they had done this two or three times and nothing happened. Here he feels they're not at fault at all. That here that it's really, this is really just a totally unforeseeable thing, he says. And therefore, uh, therefore, he thinks that here you really don't need a, a rigorous chuva at all. Other reasons why, in his case, is more lenient. He says, and maybe it was medical treatment that killed him, with uh, that, that 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 hastened his death. Like the Mara says, even the Gabagullus, if if we have, if it's possible that other things hastened his death, aside from the act of homicide, there's no gullus. So, he, for a variety of reasons, he thinks that in his case it's even more lenient than the Rama. Therefore, he says, I, I established chuva. He refers briefly to the cases of women who, uh, women who smothered their children by, uh, by sleeping with them. There, he, the post can do prescribe certain chuvas, he said. She, and that's because she's considered a little bit of a mezidah, he says. But it's not, not so strict, he says. That there should be vidui Arab boker, like the Ramah, and established that day as a yom b'chi and fasting, and say vidui. Similar to the Ramah, but, but much less strict. He doesn't have all the gullahs, and he doesn't have the, the year of fasting. He says you should, uh, he says you should have viduyim, and you should establish that day as a day of fasting and vidui. Again, like the Ramah says, and after he does tshuva, nobody should remind him of his chait. So the Panamir is also makel, even more makel than the Ramah. He felt in his case, in his case, there was even less, uh, less responsibility. This, this brief reference he makes at the end to Isha Shochevas Albanah. That's actually the subject of many of a number of chuvas in Akronim. We, we've discussed this in other shiurim in the past. The 
Akronim were quite strict about this. There were many cases. Today, the major, we don't have time to get into this in detail, but the major medical associations, the science-based ones, are against co-sleeping. They say it's co-sleeping, putting a child to sleep in the parent's bed. Putting an infant to sleep in the parent's room is considered the best. Being in the parent's room reduces the risk of danger, as the studies show, but but in, in his or her own crib. In the mother's bed, they do not recommend it. They, the, I think one of the organizations says we recognize that some people for cultural or religious reasons want to do this. We can't tell everyone what to do, but our recommendation, like very apologetically, they say our recommendation is, based on science, it, is, it, it, it increases the risk of, uh, it increases the risk of death several times, and it's really not something that you should do. The, it, it, and, and it's, really, it's, really, it's really not something you should do. And therefore, and there are a number of chuvas that actually there, 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 there are there, there are a number of chuvas that actually agree with this, and, and that assume that a mother who put the child into her bed and, and somehow the child wound up dying, it is going to be her fault. The, the the U.S. CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, warns about the danger about putting babies in beds. It says adult beds were linked to, in in ninety to ninety seven study review of incident data linked beds to at least 515 baby deaths. They inc- a variety of things. Some of them were trapped in the mattress, and some of them were face down on waterbed mattress, rails, and so on. But some of them were suffocation with the co-sleeping. That, 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 that's, that's a real concern. And that has to be avoided. The American Academy of Pediatrics, the AAP, says that the, they have elaborate instructions about what's, what's considered the safest. And they write, uh, among other things, they write, Safest place for baby to sleep, separate sleep surface designed for infants close to the parent's bed. Different room increases the likelihood of dying from between 2.75 and 11 point times more likely to die than room sharing without bed sharing. If the parents are not there to see that the child's okay, apparently there's a very much heightened risk. When all bed sharing, when all bed sharing or surface sharing circumstances are included in meta-analyses, the risk of dying suddenly and unexpectedly is almost three times higher than room sharing without bed sharing. The AAP understands and respects that many parents choose to routinely bed share for a variety of reasons, breastfeeding, cultural preferences, belief that it's healthier and safer. However, on the basis of the evidence, the AAP is unable to recommend bed sharing under any circumstances. And there are a number of chuvas on this where the post can deal with cases where a baby died in the mother's bed, and the mother came to B'chivis asking if she had to make a And a number of them said yes. And some said no, but there were mitigating circumstances, like someone gave her the baby while she was half asleep, she didn't even realize she was taking it. We're not sure what killed the baby, the baby might have, might, might have died from other reasons, but in a case where there's reason to believe the mother smothered the baby, the mother is considered to be at fault. She's not a notice. So the, the post, there, there are some post who take a different view, but on the whole, post can assume that the... Post can assume that there is an element of fault, just like the, just like, just, just like, just like the modern view, just like the modern view is that it is not, that it that it is not is not recommended that sleeping in the same bed is not recommended. I saw I saw a tshuva, an article by Rabbi Professor David Galinkin, leading rabbi in the conservative movement. One of, one, of the, one of the scholars, one of the, the, the knows how to learn, one of the scholars, he, he quotes some of this literature on bed sharing, quotes Surakaf, quotes some of the chuvas, and he says, and he discusses the bed sharing chuvas, and he writes as follows. He writes that the, he writes that the, he writes that the, he himself thinks that the, 
bed sharing is. What does he write about this? He writes that the. Right, he writes that about crib death or sudden infant death syndrome. We still do not know the cause of crib death. We know today parents are normally not responsible for these deaths. Our ancestors did not know this. Hence, there are many responses in which the parents, usually the mother, want to do tshuva. So he thinks that today we know the mother's not at fault and the Akronim were ignorant. He is wrong. The Akronim were correct. The AAP has said explicitly that the evidence, you know, the major organizations, the studies have shown explicitly that it is dangerous to put a baby in the crib. It put a baby in bed with the mother. It is not recommended under any circumstances. And that is what the post were talking about. They were talking about cases where the mothers put the babies in the beds. Sometimes they had mitigating circumstances. Sometimes they didn't. But that, the, 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 acronym of, uh, the, the acronym of history were exactly in sync with the modern medical consensus that it is a dangerous thing to do. And it's, it's, again, the risk may be small, but it is not recommended. And the, 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 his claim that parents are normally not responsible is, uh, I mean, it may or may not be true. There are cases. If you put the, if you put the baby in the bed, that, that is not considered a responsible thing to do. And that's what the background we're talking about. A, a more detailed discussion is beyond the scope of our talk tonight. But again, all this goes back to uh, Parshish Parashish, the very first parish in the Torah. We have a murder uh, and, and homicides of various levels. Like you're, like you're pointing out, that, that, that the homicide of Cain uh, maybe wasn't his fault at all. Homicide of his own son, where he, he struck him and knocked him into the floor. That presumably may, may, may have been more of his fault, but uh, and then the Achronim mentioning it's mentioned that uh, there are tikkuni tshuva for Ratzach, depending on exactly this question, how much of a mazid, poshea, shogig, or pure onus was the culprit, perpetrator.